Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, doing everyone? Just me today for Buy, Hold, Risk It and Sell. Scoop, hopefully back next week, it seems like. He's got a small window on a Wednesday that he's dedicating to the boys. So um, give him some love. If you are missing him, though, let him know in the, com- in the comments there or reach out to him, that's for sure. So with our squads this week, a lot of guys are different values. So we got clear he has lost 55K, which is great for any non-owners. But what you need to look at is there's obviously guys like Cam Murray that are under 700K. You've got the Munsters, the DCE that are under 800K. And you look at your team value and you've got to make a decision yourself as to what's going to be better for your trade situation. Like if you don't have many trades left, then then maybe trying to get a little bit, you know, maybe one extra player that could be in your 17 on a week-to-week basis that you're not going to hate. Like they're a 35 player or a 40 player or something like that. You know, they can be four, anywhere between four and 600K. If you can get one extra guy of that in your squad when you're low trades, then maybe Cleary's not the guy for you and you do go for another you know cheaper guy in in Munster in in DCE you try to get Murray in you try to get you know Ruben Garrick in as well that can cover a couple of positions that type of player uh, or two of them rather than going for a Cleary and and a, and a cash down might be the better way to play it for you but if you're sitting there with a lot of trades left then then, then Cleary would be a terrific play because you know if an injury comes up for you in these last six rounds then you can just straight swap that guy if it's a one or two week injury and you know if someone's sitting there with two trades or three or, or one or zero or whatever like that then it might not be worth just getting another cash down and uh, actually filling out your squad a little bit more so Cleary we, we know what he can provide for us because before the you know, injury game for him the 17 he had hit 106 he had 79 92 uh, obviously, a bunch of 60s and 180 or 78. So he has the high games in him, obviously, 200s this season, which means that could have happened at any time. It could have happened last week, and it didn't, thankfully, for those non-owners. But you know, going forward now, he plays some slightly harder opposition in the Sharks in Melbourne in Manly. And you look at the, the games that he got 100 against, one of them was Manly. One of them was the Broncos. So really, the, the matchup doesn't matter for him. And, and sometimes, like on the weekend, 
he didn't have to do as much. Right? He was the second to last pass. Or Luai got an easy kick through for a try. And yes, he was getting some goals, but you know, for the for the most part, they are going to score tries in general. And you want it to probably get be against a harder team where he has to tackle a little bit more. He has to to run the footy a bit more and get you know the guys in a better position. He's obviously going to kick for bigger meters, 600, 700 like that. So Cleary will do well this week. You you would imagine. I'm going to be captaining captaining him again. Um, turns out he's actually owned by 69% of the top 100. So yeah, most of the guys that did grab him. That makes sense because most of those guys in the top 100 are looking for that overall glory and probably have a little bit of a higher team value. You see the top 5,000 is 40%. So a little bit harder to get him in um, without really massacring your team. So that's how I'd be looking at it with um, with Cleary there. Okay, Cam Murray, 676. So he's someone that I'm targeting this week. Obviously, the 69 for him on the weekend. One of his higher games of the season there. He had an 87 in there, but that is his second best score there, which is uh, sorry, 70 they ended up getting. And, and that's very, very good, obviously, the big, big minutes. And he hasn't had that for the majority of games here. And it is up against the Tigers this week. So is he going to continue to get those massive minutes against a, a Tigers team? Or will he drop back a bit? And then when you're hoping, again, you're hoping for some some real big you know attacking stats for him. Because you saw here that the two missed tackles, that's a little bit low for a lot of the games that he's had. He's had you know two, threes, fours, pretty comfortably across the season. He has a few zero games in there, but that's when he was, you know, in his good, good form, you know, come down to sort of round eight onwards is when he started missing tackles more and, uh, yeah, wasn't scoring his best. So Murray, definitely not without risk, just like we spoke about last week with him, but he obviously came out and dominated and, and yeah, proved me wrong for that week. But, you know, in this week that I'm likely to get him in my side, does he go a little bit lower or is this the week where he gets another try? Who knows? So low break even, obviously, for the rest of the season is what you're looking at. You get five games out of him. He has a buy in the second to last round. And so, yeah, some close games in there, some easier games as well where he can get some tries. So interesting, Murray, but uh, definitely someone that, yeah, he should be able to hit at least a 50 average, and that means he's underpriced. So you definitely should be looking at, at Murray for sure there. Daniel Russell, 265. So he comes off for 40, played the full 80 minutes, and that's with Jack Bird coming on. He actually played a bit through the middle, so... The big thing with, with Russell here is the fact that Bird could come in at any time, and I believe it will be for Russell. It won't be for Billy Burns. So they actually play a little bit later in the week at 5.30 on Saturday. So with him, I get why you would be looking at him. He's playing big minutes. He scored 40 last week. He did have some issues. He had three missed tackles, two errors there, which wasn't great. Um, yeah, and looked like you know, 80 minutes is probably a little bit too much for him just to just for where he's at right now, you know, maybe say 40 minutes or something like that. But uh, it looks like he, if, if Bird's going to continue this role, he'll get it. If Bird happens to get back into the starting side, then it will be for Russell. So low minutes may come, but do you need him to play big minutes? Maybe it's a bonus. And if it is a bonus for you, then and you're needing, using him as a cash down and you have extra trades available, then he'll be fine for sure. Uh, Finna Firiaki, a 268k. So he's got the slightly higher break even, but still very cheap which is good. And the minutes on the weekend, he got 39 and ended up with 16 points. So it wasn't his best game. He had an error. He had two missed tackles and um, still good run meters. But going forward, you want to hope that he can, you know, sneak that sneak that line break, sneak that try, uh, which he has a couple of them. 23 in 12 minutes, 45 in 40 minutes. A pretty cool stats there for Finney. And he's a solid cash down for sure. It looks like he'll have the spot for a few weeks. Uh, and, and then, yeah, he's going to be in the team-ish every week, which is a positive. So at a minimum, you'll get someone that'll play. Hopefully somewhere in that 15 to 20-odd range. If he gets Jags and attacking stat, happy days for you. Um, yeah, I think that's where you, really all you wanted to look at with, with Finet. Um, spot on the side is probably a little bit safer than Russell, but Russell has a chance of playing bigger minutes, so up to you. 
on him there. Let's go Reese Walsh at 6.18. So we need to look at him just because he's a, a slightly cheaper wing fullback option for those that are interested. He does have the buy in round 25. you got Roosters this week, which can be a slightly easier matchup. Should be able to score well. And then it's Cowboys para. So for him, is he matchup proof these days just because he's so good? Potentially. He's definitely a pod. So if you're looking at a point of difference player, guys, for those that aren't sure on what a pod is, um, then Walsh can be that guy. But he's one of those players that seems to, you know, he can score really, really well. Be involved in a lot. He had two line breaks. He had to try assists. He had the try. Uh, 208 meters game, but still only 47. Where you look at, you know, what Teddy can do in certain games. And, and Walsh, he has some big games in him. He has a 64. He has a 70 and a 71. But those games there, he's absolutely dominating. You look at these ones early in the year. He's getting try assists in every game. He's getting three tries assists in some, two tries and a try assist, and still only 51 points. So tackle breaks sometime. He just seems to be too quick for him and just, um, you know, just avoids contact altogether. Apart from those couple of games, he has three games over 10. And then all the rest, he's fairly low, which is funny how that works. So, Walshy, definitely a solid option. Will he score better than his price at 618? Yes. Do you want him in your side over, you know, getting Teddy or getting, you know, obviously having drink water would be cool, um, you know, over Ruben Garrick or something like that. I think Ruben's going to be more consistent. Do you want that? And he plays every game as well, whereas Walshy misses the one. Isaiah, yo, 822, what's the likelihood of him missing the last game? It's probably the question you need to ask yourself, but... If you don't have many eels, then it's something uh, I think you can probably take the risk on. If you have one, if you don't have Cleary yet and you want a mid, Isaiah Yeo's going to be, could be a really good play because he could play all those games. Um, maybe he just plays less minutes than the last one against Cows. Because I think, as I said it's, yesterday, it's going to be a bit of a statement game, I think, for them, that one against the Cows. So he's definitely someone that could hit you a 60 plus average for the rest of the year. And at 822K, very, very solid. You know, got everyone like Payne Haas and stuff has a buy coming up. So that's the frustrating thing. All right. People are bringing Brandon Smith in. Everyone I'm looking at guys here from, from here on until about halfway is going to be guys that are on the hot list. So guys that are, get, guys that are getting brought in. And then from there till the, the down, uh, all the sellers. So we'll, we'll speak about all of them as we go. Brandon Smith, 517K, probably his best game of the year on the weekend, which was good. 59 points there for 72 minutes. He tackled well, 43 tackles. Was his highest of the year? Yep, highest of the year there. Got a couple of tackle breaks and offload. Ran for 103 meters, which was a big tick. And you see that game against the Dragons around 80, ran for 120. And that's where he played really, really well, basically with the same minutes. So only two games this year that he's gone over 70 minutes and he was dominant. So it's a big risk at 517K. I've had him in my side twice this year. I won't be doing it again. Um, so you can decide what you want to do with that. He has Broncos this week and I doubt he dominates them like he did the Titans. So as I said, you can decide what you want to do with Brandon. He obviously covers two positions. We'll play the rest of the year, hopefully, unless he's injured or suspension, uh, suspended. And uh, yeah, it's a risk. That's all I'm going to say. Jill Edwards, 574K, a little bit more expensive now after a couple of okay weeks in a row, which is, uh, well, sorry, one okay week in a row. Um, actually, no, I thought he was cheaper than this. Okay, this is the lowest he's been all year. Scratch that, um, which is crazy. So 570-odd for a guy that hits a 50-plus average with Cleary in the side, probably a bit of a no-brainer. But they did play the Dogs on the weekend. And, you know, how does he, how is he going to go against the Sharkies in Melbourne? Let's have a look at him against a couple of the harder teams. So, Eagles, he got a 98. They were a little bit massacred at that point, weren't they? No Tommy, I believe. Warriors, a 73. Broncos, a 60. So, it actually looks like he plays better against some of the better teams. 51 in round one, 71 against the Eels. And they actually play a couple of hard ones. So, Edwards, cheaper than, than Walshy. I'll probably pick him ahead of Walshy just for the consistency when Cleary is in the side. So, yeah, again, make that decision if you wish. For Fida, so he's down to 806. So become, he's out of that bracket now where he's a little bit too expensive and you can almost straight swap him for a couple of guys. 
And with the 62.3 average, you look at those scores across the year and, and these last couple have been very, very unlucky for him. Lucky for non-owners, is for sure. Yeah, they had the one tackle break last week. And really, apart from the 30-minute game that he had came off the interchange and had a shocker, his lowest has been four. So they really nullified him well on the weekend. Tackles were about normal, but meters gain were low um, and offloads were down as well. So 46 and 61 minutes. Obviously, if he played the last 20, he probably does end up at a 58, 60s, whatever, and then a chance for scoring a try. So Fafita owned by a lot of people. If he goes nuts, then you are going to be missing out. And I imagine that uh, that going nuts game is, is closer than we, we may think. They do have a tougher run, right? But he was also seems to be a player that is fairly match-up proof. He had the, the Broncos there for 67, Eagles, Eagles. Yeah, then he had a couple of easy ones with Knights and Dogs. He had Broncos again for 74, Raiders with 80. So I don't think it really matters for him. They haven't played the Panthers yet, have they? No. So we'll see what happens there. But uh, Panthers, 40 minutes off the bench last year, which wasn't nice. There you go. Yeah. Anyway, should be fine. That's four weeks away as well. So you're going to miss out on a lot of good scores if you don't grab him because of that here. Okay, Teddy, the 100K more expensive option, but has the more has more pedigree than that of Edwards and that of Reese Walsh. So 47 average this year. He's back up price just above that now, and he should be because he's been absolutely dominant in the majority of his games. He does have two, yes, three low ones this year. One was injured. And then the other two were just shockers overall. And in amongst that, 84, 70, 51, 62, and 87. So Teddy, obviously one of those guys, is a bit of a game breaker. He can go really big, um, and then he can go really low. So up to you on this one. He will play the rest of the year now. Six games to go. No buyers. Uh, owned by an okay chunk of people. 46 in the top 100, including myself. Um, 39% top 1,000. 34 in the top 5,000. So he's actually a little bit of a pod. Anything under 50%. At this stage of the season, we'll, we'll class as a point of difference because, you know, the guys like Harry Grant and stuff that are very, very highly owned. So, Teddy, one of those guys I think is worth getting in your side. Probably the cheapest you'll get this year with a 28 break even. So, go for it if you like. Garrick, the other one, 673K. Who would you pick? Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Pick Garrick or Teddy. Garrick has the consistency in his belt, so he's going to be that 40 odd minimum. Yeah, you know, he had a HIA and he still picked up a 45. So. That's where he'll be at in this fullback position. We saw what he did last year when he played fullback and very, very good scores. Even when they blew it all up at the back end of the year, he was still getting 30-odds, and they were having an absolute shocker. So you see a lot of games there, 66, 62, 70, 70, 58, 78. So very consistent across that period before they had all their issues as a club. So I actually think he's a better player again this year. I think he's improved, and and he's going to be one of those guys that will stick in that solid range where Teddy's going to be the, the, the 70 or 80-odd. Um, and then he'll be down. But, you know, Gary plays the Dragons and plays the Roosters the next couple of weeks. So a couple of easier matchups for him. And I think he can do great and obviously covers two positions. So probably Garrick just over Teddy at this point. 
All right, Payne Haas has gone down just a tick there, obviously with 55 last week. Um, he was just a tiny bit higher. Yeah, well, 6K higher. He was at 8.63. So for him there, break even is not too high. 8.57, you, we're going to expect a big game out of him. I'm expecting a 70-plus this week, a 68, somewhere there. Um, he just seems to do that more often than not. Every second week, it seems to be a big one. Um, you got 75 in round 18 there. you got 93 and 15, 86 there. Uh, yeah, and then you go to 67 and a bunch of 70s in a row. Earlier on in the season, he had his, you know, his ankle issue. Seems like he's okay. Obviously, he had some lower tackle break numbers and only just the one offload in this one. So expect those numbers to pop back up in this week against the Roosters. Um, it's going to be a nice battle through the forwards, and he'll be the, the mainstay there. Ruben Cotter at 492. I just, I just can't see anyone picking him up. I just don't see the reason why we would look to him. The minutes aren't going to be there until I think the last couple of weeks before finals. And, you know, 50 minutes, he has to score a try in that time. And just the, you, you can't pick someone up when, when these are the scores that are, yes, in and around origin, but they're not nice, are they? He's a very easy candidate to get a 30-odd because he has limited offloads. He, you know, he's had one offload for the year and tackle breaks aren't high either. So he needs to be on there for big minutes, 60-plus for him to do well. And a 492K just seems like a stretch to, to grab him in your side for sure. DCE at 737. Uh, we'll speak about Munster in a sec as well, but so cheap at the moment. 737 um, yeah, really was a game breaker for those that grabbed him last week with a 73. No tries in this one, just two tries and then just really worked him around the park. Plenty of run meters, obviously offloads in there as well. DCE, a great alternative if you don't want to go to Cleary. And obviously he beat Cleary by 22 the other day. Um, so yeah, for those that own him, amazing work. And he's definitely a great candidate as a buy in this week. So yeah, nothing much else to say. He's going to be a 60 guy for the rest of the year. He'll have a 50, he'll have a 70 odd, he'll have a 40 odd, he'll have an 80. It'll happen, but um, yeah, you're holding him for six rounds now. And you've got Dragons this week. He should do well against Roosters there. Penrith, he should be fine. You know, maybe that's a 40 odd game for him, unless he happens to get some attacking stats or mainly do really well. And from there, it's, you know, there's, there's dogs in there and tigers. So he'll be fine. Munster is 734, so he's 3K under now. Um, and still a solid score for him on the weekend at 58. So two 58s in a row. He's been more consistent in the last four games, which is good, after having a few low ones in there. And again, with Storm needing to bounce back from a couple of their pretty average games, they've got some tougher opponents. Obviously, you know, Para, I think, uh, is going to be a really close one. And then Penrith, but you know, DCE has, has Penrith as well. So Munster, DCE, both likely to step up against a really tough opponent. So... Wouldn't be worried about them going into that game for sure. And Munster's a great option for your side. Obviously, a little bit less owned. Yeah, a little bit less owned than DCE across the board there. So, yeah, if you want someone that's a little bit, you know, slightly less owned or you like watching him play more, then, then grab him instead. Preston, he's on the sell list. So, strangely enough, the flu last week has gone, yep, that's enough from you, Jacob. He's still a 50 average guy and he's going to do that very regularly. He's got 64, 44, 50, 49, 65, 53, 67. Obviously, a 45 and a 60, his last, like, two months. So that's well over a 50 average. He has that 18 in his, start, in his uh, average at the, at the beginning. He'll say it was a 35. And it's his first year in in, uh, in first grade, and he's not getting those rests that he was earlier on the year. So he's very clearly a 50-plus scorer, and it seems silly to be able to, to be moving him on. But I do understand if you're looking to use him to go up to clear or something or use him to go to for feeder or something like that, then that's understandable. But please don't trade Preston sideways to another 50-point scorer or a 55-point scorer, because I think Preston can average that over the rest of the year. Yes, a buy next week, but how many Bulldogs players do you have? I think you can cover him next week. And Dolphins this week, I think you're going to want to play him in that one. All right, Nelson at 6.06. He's probably the sell on this list. I'd be selling him over Preston every day of the week. 
with him being out this week, it's frustrating. And, you know, two low scores in a row, 39 and 29, I think it's time to go. He served his purpose for a couple of weeks there. 71-62 was great. But now it's time to move on. Good stuff, Nelson, for... Yeah, he did a good job. He did fine. 5.34 for Doreen Buller. Obviously a lower one this the, the week just went. Comes up against Bunnies, Canberra, Warriors, the next three. And do we expect a 45-50 average? Probably not. Can he hit you a 35-40? to 40? I think pretty comfortably. Um, 28 is going to be a pretty low one for him. He had low tackle break numbers. Um, yeah, he had a forced dropout, which was nice, and some kick defusals. He had a couple of errors, so... Yeah, that's not going to happen every week. You see, kind of every second or th- every second week on average, he has a couple of errors. Uh, he'll be fine, and he'll be he'll be cool to be a looper. But in these weeks coming up, where you might have a couple of players out each week, like this one with Tohu and and uh, SJ, or you know, when you get to the later rounds, do you want to be playing him just straight in your seventeen each week? I'm not sure. I'm personally, I think I'm going to be doing the the Murray and Garrick in for Buller and also Moses, just to remove one of those guys in rounds uh, twenty seven for me. Um, and get a, a surefire sort of 40-plus in Garrick, whereas they're not sure with Buller, and I don't want to get stuck with that personally. But if you're in a lower team value situation, I'm obviously I am the top in the top 100, so have a, a decent team value. If you're not in that scenario, then then I think holding him is completely fine too. Tohu Harris is 682. I think he's a clear hold. I understand why some people are moving him on, but 682K for a guy that can very easily hit you a 50-plus, very easy, easily hit you a 60 it's, it's frustrating. His PPM has been amazing the last few weeks as well. 60 in 58 minutes, 31 in 36, 59 in 54, 63 in 71, the one before that. So he's been great on that front, but the issue is just that he's not playing 80 and he doesn't have to. So if you think that that will continue, there will be a game in there where things don't go his way when they start beating up on teams like the Tigers. And if he doesn't get any attacking stats, he will get a low score. So I do understand why you may look to, to move him on in this week for someone that's obviously playing um, and maybe upgrading. The one I, I don't like is SJ being traded out. He's traded up over a percent of teams, I think 1.2% overall. And uh, at 852K, I just think that's a mistake. He is very much owned by everyone. If he continues to go on this streak of scoring it really, really well, you look at these last bunch of games, he has a 30 in there uh, in the wet, which was yuck, but 95, 75, 71 to 30. 67, 82, and 75. If you're trading out someone like that, you have lost it because, I'm sorry, respectfully, <laughs> um, because he's scoring better than Hines. He's scoring better than Cleary at the moment. Yes, he misses this week, but he's the best scorer in the game, basically, at the moment. Like, he's averaging 70-plus the last week. It's him, and, it's him and Scott Drinkwater that are scoring the best at the moment. Yeah, guys like Corey Horsburgh, who is a buy, by the way. Um, I think you just need to keep Johnson. I understand you might want to go him to Cleary, but he's scoring better than Cleary. Cleary hasn't been here. Cleary just got 51. So, yeah, it'll help you out this week for sure not having him on the bench, but I think everyone, pretty much everyone's going to have him on the bench. Look at how the high the ownership rate is. And if he gets keeps getting 70 odds, you're going to be upset, unfortunately, um, that you don't have him or you haven't got to Cleary or you haven't got to DC or something another way, in my opinion. Um, Tanner Boyd, he's on the sell list, and I get it. 579K. Got hooked on the weekend. This is what I was hoping for a long time ago, but it didn't happen. 14 in the 60 minutes. Not great for me. I missed a few tackles. He's been missing a lot more the last bunch of weeks. So there was that little period there where he was absolutely dominating points-wise and, and missed tackles weren't coming as much. But since then, he's back up to the two threes, fours, and fives, uh, which isn't great. He's been kind of solid of recent time, but that 14 would have you know, got everyone to rage quit, which I understand. and comes up against the Cowboys this week, which I, I find yeah, will be a difficult matchup for him. 
um, you know, being able to put on points, but also just missed tackles, I'd imagine, will come, considering he's on the right side there. And we know who ran at Moses last week, Lucy Lelua. So, yeah, I think they'll be able to do that again. And, and Tanner is a pretty decent sell. Um, fine for you to hold, obviously, covering hooker and half. Uh, but if you're covered in those positions and you need to use him, go for it. Tungwell's a tough one. A 698K, likely just to be out this week. People are going to want him. You're going to want him in that last bunch of games, like against Manly, against Titans, and Para especially. I think you're going to want him. This one is this out this week is frustrating, but it did sound like it was going to be a one to two week injury, and this will be two weeks, and he should be back for that Melbourne matchup. You'd imagine, not owned by a lot, you are kind of missing out, unfortunately, if you do own him this week, which is just yeah, as I said, just just unfortunate. If you want to straight swap him, that would be fine. I do understand for another good center, but you want to go tip of the top. You want to go straight up to you know, the top, the, the plus 50 guys, like the Dango guys, obviously, of the world. Um, you want to have Garrick in there with Manu, something like that, if you're going to trade him, or you can get him to a DCE or a Munster or something like that. So you don't need a center. You maybe have Lemuelu, Garrick. Jeez, you wouldn't have all of them, would you? And maybe you're playing Manu in the in the wing fullback position and you play him, or Garrick in the wing fullback and you play him in center instead and you can get DC or Munster. I'd be doing that um, and trying to hold him the one week because he will be important, but I do understand why you, you'd look to move him on as well. Um, I've toyed with the, the, the thing of actually holding Moses, but my thing is I have four eels and that's my, that's my big personal issue. But if you don't, if you have like two eels, him and Maddo or him and whatever, pop good still, obviously, um, then I think that he should be able to score a lot better over these next bunch of weeks. He does have Penrith. He does have Broncos in there. He does have Melbourne. But there's... I think Melbourne will be fine this week. I think he'll score pretty well. I think he'll go back to some of his better scoring. He's coming off two low ones, 42-35. And the missed tackles are annoying there, but he hasn't had anything over a five. And then this and this week he does. So, yeah, very frustrating on that. But you see all those 70s in there, and you can definitely go back to that. And if you are low on trades, I'd be holding. Um, I have four, and I'd, I kind of do want to hold, but I also want to yield him, like I said, as well, um, which is the likely outcome at the moment. I think I'm about an 85% chance of, of doing those two trades. So make a decision. I think he's a hold or you can sell if you like. If you have multiple eels and you want to get him to clear or something like that, I'm, I'm all for it. Metcalf, so a low one on the weekend. I doubt he'll go that low again when he comes back. But the buy this week, people are using him as a cash down. If he's a good cash down to then go up to someone you want, if a feeder or a clear or something like that, I get it. He served his purpose. He's been great. I hope you didn't have to play him last week. But if you did, yeah, you'll take all those great scores beforehand. So, well done, Metcalf. You've earned your rest, and hopefully he's back fit and firing. They do have a nice run, though, remember? So he could come out and, and hit a 45 average pretty comfortably over those last few weeks. And then Jackson Ford, the last warrior on the list at 614K. Again, very much has done his job. He's been great since the start of the season at 340K. If you've held him all the way through, happy days, and he's got a bunch of really good scores of recent time. 40 is his lowest of the last five, so amazing from him. Again, he's someone that could get some tries over the next few weeks once he you know, once they come back off the bye. And if you don't need him this week, then holding him is sweet. If you do need to use him as a trade bargaining you know, chip, then uh, then do that as well. Thanks, guys. That's uh, the video for there. I hope that uh, helped you. Pretty short and sweet. Obviously, without Scoot, we don't have the, the nice long discussion that we get to have in the back and forth. But yeah, you get to hear my voice as always. But I'm sure if you're all still watching these videos right at the end of them, then you obviously like me. So thank you for liking me. Thank you for watching. And uh, we'll catch you in the next few videos. See you later. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 